Good evening to you all and thank you for joining us once again. Today is, for many of us, the best and most exciting day in the church calendar. The day in which we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, the long-promised comforter, the source of the Christian's power. All the songs and readings we'll share this evening are connected with Pentecost, and our Bible message sees the very welcome return of Commissioner Keith Banks, who spoke to us so eloquently and challengingly at Easter a few weeks ago. Our opening song this evening is one that needs no introduction to Salvationists, for it was written by our founder, William Booth. Now, I'm happy to make an educated guess this evening that we also had this song in our holiness meeting earlier, and that in that meeting it was probably the new version with a few changed words and a new melody by Lex Loisides. So this evening, I make no apologies for going back to the founder's original words and the tune written by his son-in-law, Frederick Booth Tucker. We're four verses. Let's enjoy a great sing together to start our meeting. It's number 326 in the songbook. Send the fire.
as we pray this evening, we're going to use a lovely song that was written many years ago by Richard Slater, the father of Salvation Army music. It's number 292 in the songbook. And as we sing, I pray that the truths that the writer declares as his own experience are truly ours tonight. That we can say in all honesty that our guilty past is washed away. That we're sanctified and want so much to be like Jesus and to point people towards him every day of our lives. Holy Spirit, come, O come.
Dear Lord, as we come before you this evening, may the words of that song truly be the prayer of each one of us. Lord, sanctify our bodies, minds and will, and give us the power of your Holy Spirit to enable us to confidently and readily try to point the lost to Calvary's height, where sins can be washed away, night turned to day, and we can rise filled with your joy and perfect peace. We pray for those who need peace in their lives right now. The world as we knew it seems to have changed so much and so quickly. Things that we now realise we took for granted, like being able to gather together in our churches, singing and playing together, praying together. At the moment, we have to do so many of these things on our own or in very small family groups. And many of us have families in which individuals, particularly the aged who live on their own, who are lonely, deprived of the comfort of a friendly visit, a hug from a grandchild. Lord, may we never again be so blasé about the good things that you have given to us, the blessings and comforts that you have filled our lives with. And so we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, a love so strong you left your heavenly home and came to earth to die so that our sins may be wiped clean and we can be filled with the life-changing, transformational power of the Holy Spirit and we can be effective and fruitful witnesses for you in our lives from day to day. Speak, Lord, especially to any of us who've distanced ourselves from you in recent years, who may think they have more important things to do in life than to live those lives for you. For this world needs Jesus today more than it ever has done. And if we don't take him to people, then who will? Forgive us our tardiness and complacency, and inspire us to follow you and lead the lost back to your loving side. Amen. As we stay in this lovely atmosphere of prayer, the singing company are going to sing to us a song that I know is going to speak right to our hearts. If my memory serves me correctly, this may have been the first song written by Major Yvonne Field to have been published, back in 1990, with words by Thomas Lynch. This is Gracious Spirit.
when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, our whole lives change. And in our testimony time this evening, we're going to hear from someone who I know has experienced that life-changing experience. I've known Ian for as long as I can remember, when I was a very young boy in Bargoid. My dad was the captain, and my uncle Trevor was the songster leader. And the first person I can ever remember giving his testimony in a Salvation Army meeting was Ian's father, Mel Browning. I remember it so well, as he always ended his testimony by quoting the song, He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. That's the chorus of song number 825. We're going to sing that song together now, and then we're going to hear from Ian Browning, who now looks after that same core in the Rumley Valley, South Wales.
Good evening everyone. I want to share with you this evening my up-to-date testimony. But before I do, and I hope you don't mind, I just want to ask you all some questions. First of all, how have you been coping with the COVID-19 pandemic? You know, how has your relationship with God continued during this time? How have you related with him in what has been quite an isolating experience for many of us. What has God taught you? What have you learned? Is these things changing you? Well, over the past nine weeks or so, I have had time. I never realised just how much time that I have available for me. Um, my life prior to COVID-19, for instance, has been a, been a very busy one. It's had to be a very planned one as well, Mike, by the way. You know, every day I've got to fit in my business and my personal workload. There's my relationships with the core folk that I have at Bargoid in South Wales. I've got to fit in my duties as a divisional envoy. I've got to ensure that my family, there's my wife, my children, my grandchildren, there's my 88-year-old mother. I've got to make sure that they are all catered for and looked after. You know, I'm involved in various local groups and committees, both here in Wales, but also at my home in Spain, where I am also very involved in the local church there. Yes, I'm a pretty busy guy. So lockdown, well, everything has stopped. You know, I'm trying still to, to look after our core folk at Barbud, mind you, and I've got my 88-year-old mum living with me at the moment. And I've had quite a few funerals to officiate at and there's been bereaved families to minister God's abundant grace and comfort to. But I have been able to recognise just how much time I have. Time to spend catching up with my saviour. Time to recognise that being busy 24-7 has not always been fruitful for me personally. You know, I've learnt so many lessons that God has wanted for me to take note of. Things that he has pointed out to me to change. You know, my attitude, my empathy has been challenged. I've had time to consider and reconsider lessons that scriptures have provided me. You know, over the past 27 years that I have been involved in a relationship with the Lord... I have repeatedly recognised the freedom that living in the baptism of the Holy Spirit has given to me. Freedom for me to be a new creation. Freedom for me to practise the traits of Christianity with the many opportunities that come my way. However, there's always a but. You know, this period of lockdown has allowed me to take time to address many of my failings that God has highlighted in this period. There's the story of the Acts of the Apostles. You know, those letters of these guys to the churches, the teachings of Christ found in the Gospels. You know, I have had so much time to read and reread all these things and to allow God to conduct a spiritual health check on my heart. And I have to say... It is not nice sometimes when God points out your many failings. But I am in awe of the fact that he cares so much for me. 
He cares so much for Ian Browning, so much that he has provided a lot of time for a much-needed spiritual renewal. There has been lots of various New Testament scripture that has hit home to me, the need for time, time to spend in his presence, and especially in the letters to the Romans. You know, chapter 8 has been so confirming to me. Chapter 12 has been a little bit challenging for me. Now, before I finish my testimony, I want to quote you some verses from both Romans 8 and 12. And I really want you, my friends, I challenge you this evening to read these chapters for yourselves. But these specific verses that I'm going to quote you continue to enlighten me. First of all, this one verse. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophecy in accordance with your faith. If it's in serving, then serve. If it's in teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's in giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Well, there's a verse that has uh, challenged me, my friends. But finally, there's one more verse to leave with you. A verse for those of you who have been challenged to allow God to conduct a spiritual health check on you. And if you find things are not quite right, be encouraged with this verse. Because in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And COVID-19 should not be one of those things to separate us and will not be one of those things that separate us from the love of God. My friends, may God continue to bless you all with time. Good evening and God bless. I've been asked this week to say a very happy birthday to a regular listener, Stanley Sutton, on his 96th birthday. Congratulations, sir. In recent weeks, he's been an avid listener to Fortress Radio. So we want to say God bless you to all our listeners, but especially to Stanley on this very special occasion. Our band piece for this evening is going to be the selection from Spirit, arranged by Ray Steadman Allen. Spirit was the fourth musical from the pens of John Gowans and John Larson, and it first appeared in 1975. It was based, of course, on the Acts of the Apostles, and it begins as Jesus prepares to ascend to heaven, promising his followers that a comforter would soon come to them, a moving, soothing, chiding, guiding, stirring and spurring spirit that would allow them to lay the foundations of our whole Christian church in the months and years ahead. 
In this piece, we hear many familiar songs from the musical. Ask, ask, ask. To be like Jesus. For Jesus' sake. Love never fails. Burning, burning. And what does the Spirit say to the churches? And as you listen tonight, please ask yourselves, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me today? This then is Spirit. Thank you. 
In the introduction to that piece, I quoted from another song in the musical spirit that doesn't actually feature in the selection. But fear not, we're going to sing it together right now. It's number 319 in the songbook, and it's the perfect song for any Pentecost Sunday. For the mighty moving of thy spirit. I know from my own experience that whereas we often borrow songs from other churches, they don't often get that many from us. There are exceptions, of course, such as the song we opened the meeting with tonight, although it did take the other denominations a hundred years or so to find it. But I remember a Church of England vicar coming to one of my dad's appointments to lead a Whit Sunday meeting in an exchange of pulpits. And when he encountered this song, he was amazed that neither he nor his church had ever seen or heard it before. He claimed it would have spread like wildfire if they had it. I even recall him taking home a copy of the Keep Singing book that, if I remember correctly, it was in. Maybe we should share a few more. Now, there seems to be an impression amongst some Salvationists that the people who listen to these meetings and perhaps listen to Fortress Radio or going to the army as a whole, are old. Even old-fashioned, dyed-in-the-wool salvationists who long for the old days. Well, the wide and varied but overwhelmingly positive feedback that Stuart, Austin and I receive every day tells us that this is very far from the case. There is clearly a wide spectrum of listeners, 
and there are lots of people who enjoy and are challenged by the way God uses these meetings. Just last Sunday, I had a message from a young lady who'd been brought up in the Salvation Army and had attended a lot of our music schools. Her mother had been a lifelong soldier too, but somewhere along the way, the army and the family parted company. However, through their friendship with my sister Ira, who herself has not been an active Salvationist for many years, but who listens to the broadcasts regularly, this lady and her mum have been sharing in worship with us over recent weeks. Last week, as I said, Emma contacted me to let me know that she'd really felt the Holy Spirit with her as she listened to the meeting. And she told me that she'd love to do something for a meeting herself. So tonight, and this will be a surprise for her mum Janine too, our Bible reading is read for us by Emma McCutcheon, once of Grimsby Citadel. Thank you so much, Emma. The Gospel reading today is from Acts 2, verses 1 to 24, then verse 38. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. 
This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the Salvation Army, we have been truly blessed with many great songs about the Holy Spirit. But perhaps my favourite of them all is the one that our songsters are now going to sing for us this evening. Brindley Boone's Timeless Spirit Divine.
Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Commissioner Keith Banks here, and I'm so pleased to have the privilege of sharing a message with you on this Pentecost Sunday evening. But first, a prayer together. Heavenly Father, as we pause to think further about the enormous significance of this day, we ask that your Holy Spirit will light up our thinking, lead us into truth, and spur us to make a response. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stop to think about it for just a moment or two and you will see how much we express ourselves verbally in threes. Uh, some examples come to mind like game, set and match, light, camera, actions, blood, sweat and tears, Location, location, location. Friends, Romans, countrymen. Faith, hope and love. And on your marks, get set, go. Or as we used to say it when I was a boy, ready, steady, go. In the church we speak all the time about a very important set of three. The trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Today, being Pentecost Sunday, we are especially focused on the third person in the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit. Fifty days after the resurrection of Jesus, something happened in Jerusalem that would leave its mark on the world forever. This event was so dramatic, so dynamic, that we're still talking about it. 2,000 years later, and not are we only talking about it, but we're feeling and seeing the effects of it all over the world. What happened that day was that the Holy Spirit came in a new way to the people of God. I say a new way because this event wasn't the, the start of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has existed with God and the Son since the foundation of the world. Chapter 1 and verse 1 of Genesis says that in the beginning the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. But on this remarkable Feast of Pentecost that we remember today, the Holy Spirit came in a new way to the followers of Jesus and changed them forever. His coming was a spiritual power surge that would transform people and communities and give birth to the Church of Jesus Christ. For on that day, the Church was born. We read Luke's account of it earlier in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. As I have thought about this momentous day again, I've realised that it has its own set of three stages. It has the words ready, steady, go built into it. Let me explain that. Jesus had told his disciples very clearly to be ready for this event to happen. In John 14, 16, we find Jesus preparing his disciples for the coming of the Spirit in this new way. He was getting them ready for it to happen. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to help you and be with you forever. 
And later in that same chapter, verse 26, Jesus said more to get them ready for the moment. He said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 5, just before he ascended to heaven, to his place in glory, Jesus readied them still further as he gave the disciples a sense of immediate expectation. He said, for John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So with words like these, Jesus was preparing his followers for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this new way. He was getting them ready for the day and the moment. But there was also the steady dimension to this as well. In Acts 1-4, again, just before his ascension, Jesus said to his disciples, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Did you catch that word, wait? Wait in Jerusalem, Jesus told them. In other words, steady yourselves. Do not be hasty. Wait. Try to imagine how the disciples were reacting to all of this. They had just experienced the most incredible, action-packed few weeks of their lives. They had seen Jesus ride into Jerusalem, making a claim to be king. They'd seen him cause mayhem in the temple when he overturned the tables of the cheating money changers. And they had been through all the trauma of the arrest and the trial and the crucifixion of Jesus. And then the mind-blowing drama of the resurrection. And then on top of all that, they saw Jesus, who had come back to them from the tomb, suddenly leave them again and ascend to heaven. Oh, this was high drama. This was life at double speed. This was the most whatever-next period they had ever lived through. But now they are being told to be steady, to wait. I should imagine they needed the 10 days that they would have to wait in order to come down or calm down and find their feet again. They needed to allow the body and mind and spirit to find each other again. So you see, Jesus prepared them for the coming of the Holy Spirit by telling them to be ready. And then he told them to wait for the moment, to be steady. So they were in Jerusalem, as Jesus had instructed them. It was Passover, which was a Jewish harvest festival celebration. They were all probably looking forward to the festival and joining in with the celebrations. And then suddenly it happened. The waiting was over. On that Pentecost morning, the Holy Spirit came upon them in a form like fire and with a sound like wind, Quite terrifying for a moment or two, I should think. But that was the moment when the go kicked in. This was the B of the bang moment, or if you like, the G of the go moment. And go they did. They went down the steps leading from their upstairs room and out into the packed communal areas of the city. People had come from all over for the festival and they were speaking a variety of languages. But this 
go moment was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the same spirit enabled them to communicate with the crowds in their own languages. Acts 2.12 tells us that the people were amazed and perplexed and asked one another, what does this mean? So Peter and the others told them clearly, directly, convincingly. So much so that 3,000 people believed the message and the news of Jesus that very day. They would have remembered that Jesus had given them a go message. Just before his ascension, he had said to them, go and make disciples of all nations. And in Acts 1.8, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They were given a go mission when Jesus ascended to the Father. And so ten days later they received the power, Holy Spirit power, to carry out the mission that the Lord had given them. And it is these remarkable events of a God-planned, God-directed day in Jerusalem that we celebrate today. The good news is that ever since that day, God has continued to give the gift and power of the Holy Spirit to his people. He gives his spirit to make up the natural shortfall in their lives and so make them able to live the life God requires of them and to equip them for the work and ministry he has given them to do. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to enable the Lord's people to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to build the church. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin, to teach and instruct us in the things of God, to give us spiritual gifts to enrich our personalities and our skill sets, and to produce spiritual fruit in our lives, to help us to become more like Jesus. The fruit that's set out for us so clearly in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The good news today is that every believer can experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. In his sermon on that remarkable day of Pentecost, Peter quoted the prophet Joel as he explained to the people what was going on. He made it clear that there were no barriers, no preferred personality types, no hierarchical preferences when it comes to receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter quoted, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So there was no gender discrimination. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So there was no age discrimination. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. No class or status discrimination. Praise God that the Holy Spirit is available to all who will open their minds and their hearts to receive him.
So today, will you hear God's ready, steady go for yourself? Let the Holy Spirit touch your life and fill you with the power that will make a difference to you and to all that you do forevermore. God bless you. Let's send me 
I'd like to thank all who have helped to make this meeting such an enjoyable one to work on. Ian, Emma and Commissioner Keith, of course, but also the International Staff Band and International Staff Songsters, the Melbourne Staff Band, Leon C. Singing Company and all the other bands who contribute to our congregational singing. I hope you'll forgive me a small indulgence for our closing song this evening. As a proud Welshman, I always think that there's something very special about those great Welsh hymn tunes. Blynwern, Aberystwyth, Calvaria, Calonlan, Cardiff, Rechi, Cumronda, and so many others. But perhaps my favourite of all is the one that's known in Wales as Gwahoddiad. We know it in English, perhaps, better as I hear thy welcome voice. Those are not the words we're going to use this evening, but there's another lovely hymn by Charles Wesley that fits that tune, and it's number 306 in the songbook. O oh, come and dwell in me, spirit of power within, and bring the glorious liberty from sorrow, fear and sin. Hear my pleading, Lord, make my spirit free. Fill my soul with perfect love. O oh, come and dwell in me. We're going to sing this lovely song together. And then after our prayer, the band will bring our meeting to a close by playing Andrew Mackerith's arrangement of the chorus, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Me. <laughs>
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and life-changing power of the Holy Spirit be with us all and remain with us all from now until we can meet like this again. Amen. Thank you.